This episode of the Infamous Podcast is brought to you by the Flying Pork Apparel Company. Do you have a moment to talk about the Flying Pork Apparel Company? We specialize in designer t-shirts, several of which are available on our website, flyingporkapparel.com. But we also do custom designs for special events and group functions. The Flying Pork Apparel Company, fielding nearly all of your needs involving t-shirts, flyingporkapparel.com. FlyingPorkApparel.com Designer t-shirts for naked bodies Rated PG-13 Hey, welcome back to the NFS Podcast This is Brian This is Daryl And Daryl, this is episode 270 Dun, dun, dun in a, in a mere 30 weeks, we'll be at episode 300. <laughs> a mere 30 weeks. Or 30 years, depending on, you know, the and, timeline and all that stuff. And when we get to episode 300, we'll fight in the shade. <laughs> I love that. That's, that's, that's like the best part of the movie. Anyway, uh, <laughs> all right. So um, this week we have The Expanse, season five, episode six, Aftermath. Um we are going to call out all of our highlights from season three of Cobra Kai. We're not going to do like a really deep, deep dive, um, but spoilers abound uh, for this episode. And uh, just kind of spoiler, we loved Cobra Kai. <laughs> um, I think that's fair to say, right? TLDR. Yeah. We love it. You watched it twice, right? Yeah. I just actually finished my second rewatch. Yeah. Probably um, like three hours ago. And we have some news bites this week. Hey, one of the things I left off. And just since we're in the banter portion of the show, <laughs> um, <laughs> did you see there was more Johnny Depp Amber Heard news? I so the headline I saw was that he proved that she didn't donate the money. That yeah, she, she apparently was supposed to donate like seven million dollars, like half to um, the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles and half to the ACLU, and none of it happened. Um, she apparently donated a hundred thousand dollars to one of them. I think it was the ACLU, and none, yeah, she did a hundred thousand dollars to the ACLU and none to the Children's Hospital. Um, but you know, I mean, I figured, you know, we 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 had talked about that for several weeks in a row, but it's just really funny. They're just they're all ridiculous. Yeah. So funny, funny thing. I'm doing a rewatch of the OC, and there was an episode in season two that she was in, and I'm like. And she's really? not really dolled up. No, yeah, she's not really dolled up, like she, like you see her now with her, you know, face paint and all that. Sure. So, and, and granted, that was what fifteen years ago. So, yeah, she was what? I don't even know how how old is she. I have no idea. Uh, the first thing I ever saw her in was in that Drive Angry with Nick Cage, where he was like the demon in a car. Um, essentially, <laughs> it was Ghost Rider. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was dumb. I didn't even finish it. Uh, but I was like, oh, hey, who's that? She's cute. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. The first thing I actually remember her in was Zombieland. Was she in Zombieland? Yeah, she was the, the neighbor in the uh, first. Like, in the, yeah, the stripper neighbor that he killed. Yeah. Yeah, she was cute in that. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um so you know the world's falling apart. So we're gonna give you guys some uh, some fun uh, nerd banter uh, to get through it. 
Anyway, uh, real quick before we start, thanks to Julian and Matt for uh, helping us out on Patreon. Um, if you guys want to check it out, it's patreon.com slash infamous podcast with WandaVision, right? WandaVision, we decided. Yes. We are going to do Patreon exclusive episode commentaries um, of WandaVision, like at some time during the week in between episodes. So. If you guys want to get in on that, the only place we're going to post those is on Patreon. And while we're at it, um, if you guys want, check us out on YouTube. We have, um, we've been posting on YouTube lately and it's been going pretty well. And we're going to start doing some YouTube exclusive stuff as well. YouTube. YouTube. Uh, what was it? The, um, like it, wait, oh, I don't remember. It was one of the, one of the travel search engines where it's like dot com <laughs> i don't remember which one <laughs> oh was. wait a minute i know that one uh, well I, I remember yahoo was the um yahoo yeah yahoo <laughs> but i can't remember the dot com one yeah that's so. gonna bug me yeah we'll figure it out later and we'll be like oh <laughs> damn it so now I'm you guys get to like, yeah i text like you at 1 a.m like 3 oh, yeah, i remember it <laughs> so um yeah so anyway getting uh getting to it um our first bit of news is a rumor um coming to us from the fine folks at princess and pirates or pirates and princesses.com where um this is wdw pro or, or yeah wdw pro there is a rumor report that robert downey jr is in talks to join the filoni verse as Grand Admiral Thrawn. I, I, I got it. We, we, we both really like Robert Downey Jr. Robert yeah. Downey Jr. is like one of the cornerstones of our friendship because the first movie yeah. we went to was Iron Man. We've been over this. Um, yeah. <laughs> hard pass. Hard, hard pass. Thrawn is not sarcastic. Thrawn is not like smirky. Thrawn is cool as Measured. the other side of... Yeah. of the pillow he's extremely measured in how yeah. he talks and and how he emotes everything or doesn't emote R yes i love rdj yeah i would you know what i i just just get lars mickelson yeah i mean they have all these people like um did you see people fan casting like john ham hard pass hard no. pass um oh it's, it's thrown no no, I mean I like John John Ham. He was great in Tag. Yeah. He was one of the best parts of Tag. To be hundred percent honest, which yeah. there's a lot of great parts of Tag. Um, but yeah, like you know, they already used Mads Mikkelsen as um, Casilius. That's well, well Casilius, but in Star Wars they used him as uh, Galen Erso. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want Robert Downey Jr. in this role. Um, not, not even a little bit, not even at all. Like, if I had the clip of um, Julia, what's her name from the end of Ten Things I Hate About You, I would play that clip right now. <laughs> so we're just crying at the end of reading her poem. Um, but yeah, and you know, I'd stop before she says that she lied and she really loved Heath Ledger. But uh, Julia Stiles, um, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Julia Stiles. Anyway, but yeah, no, this is just not, not, not good casting. It's, it's. Well, let me rephrase that. It's just not the right actor for the role. 
And I, I feel like the Mandalorian has done a really good job of not bringing in like huge names for things like Katie Sackhoff is a big name to nerds. Right. Right. But like, she's not like this big, like mainstream star that gets mobbed when she goes out in public. Right. So, you know, he's just too big. He's too big. He's already, he's Robert Downey Jr. And everything he plays. And and actually did like how the article mentioned kind of played into that in the sense of it, it looks like that you know not I don't want to, the Filoni Favreau are looking to you know get some of these bigger characters or bigger actors but how is that going to work from a you know you know comparing it to you know these people or part of the tentpole blockbuster movie industry right. And now they're going to be streaming. So yeah, I mean, there was like, a you know, the contract, you know, because you know, Rob, you know, RDJ made a pretty penny. Yeah, he needs a lot of money. So let's let's save the money for production yeah. value. And you know, um, I don't know. The, right. I, I saw kind yeah. of kind of in the same vein, right? There was an article on Bounding uh, today about maybe there's going to be a Batman Beyond live action show on um, HBO Max. And in there, it said Timothy mm-hmm. Chalamet was going to play is rumored to play Terry McGinnis. And right under that is there's a comment from his representation. Like, um, we don't know anything about this. <laughs> so, but <laughs> like K- Timothy Chalamet is not going to go play Terry McGinnis for a streaming service show. No. Although one thing, well, it'll be interesting to see how the movie industry is in a couple years. And that might be the, I mean, they might, he might have to, I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. But, so, but, like right now, no, they're trying to tie him to bigger stuff. Right, they're trying how up. the DC. Yeah, I was just saying, considering how the DCEU has been, or even if this is not a DCEU, but it's related to DC, mm-hmm. you know, it's no. But well, getting back to I, Robert oh, Downey, yeah. r- real quick, you know, I wouldn't, I would not mind him in the Star Wars universe. Sure. But not as Thrawn. No. no. He could be like no. a general in the Republic or something. Or right. like like maybe he's like uh, a pirate. <laughs> yeah, I, I did see a couple people mention in the comments Talon Card. That'd be interesting. So, but yeah, not, not Thrawn. No, not Thrawn. No. Leave, not. Our, leave our Thrawn alone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but you mentioned DC... Um, so real quick, moving over to the to the next thing is Ray Fisher is back in the news with uh, Flash rumors. Um, is he going to be in it? Is he not going to be in it? Um, as far as the Flash movie goes, I guess Flashpoint is what they're going to do. Um, and in this article, it says Warner Brothers reportedly denies rumors of cyborg actor Ray Fisher recasting appearance in Flash. So. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I. The DCEU in general is just. It's just such a cluster now. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it. Why, why am I saying now? It's been a cluster since yeah. it started. Let's be honest. And again, like this whole stuff, all this stuff with Ray Fisher going on. I, I'm very curious to see how they move forward. Um, I know you're. You know, you have your 
issues your opinion on the flash movie and i actually kind of share it i i honestly don't care about that movie one bit yeah i'd rather they not do it just to yeah. be perfectly clear like, but yeah. yeah but as far as ray fisher you know what well first we don't even know where they're going to go after this whole mm-hmm. justice league thing and it, it, and if this is, go- is going to be a i won't even say a hit but if it kind of wipes some of the stain from the actual theatrical justice league which i think it will i don't think it's going to be a great movie don't get me wrong but is that will that be enough to fire up you know fire up the audience to want to see more dc movies i don't know um i mean i I just don't know i I think you know and and we'll get to this is the next topic after this one but you know wonder woman 1984 might have a thing to say about being a cluster in the DCEU. Um, (laughs) So Grace Randolph is the one who is bringing this to us. And, you know, she's, she's hit or miss um, lately. She used to be really good. Like, you know, I I used to be huge fan of Grace, like not just like, like from a, like watching her on YouTube, talk about movie trailers and box offices and things like that. But like interactions with her on Twitter, the comic books that she wrote, like she was, she seemed like a genuinely cool person right up until guardians of the galaxy came out and then she seemed like a really angry like person that you just didn't want to be subscribed to um but she she tweeted here's some more dceut i don't understand why she had to put t in there but they're auditioning actors this month to take over the role of cyborg and flashpoint and andy Muschietti is leading up the search um and then she said i'd like to add i think this is a huge mistake if there are problems with fisher that can't be worked out that's unfortunate but there are plenty of great DC characters color that can be used instead. Recasting is a really bad idea and will haunt this film. Um, Mark Hughes, the writer of the movie said the rumors of cyborg recasting are a lie. Cyborg is not in the flash and the role is not being recast. I've confirmed this with the studio. This rumor is false. Um, so Grace's last tweet was on January 5th at 8:18 AM. And Mark replied on January 5th at 1232 PM. Um, so yeah, like, I, I I think they're probably better off not having Cyborg in there, um, with all the issues that Warner Brothers has had and he's had and Jason Momoa has now had and and you know Jeff Johns being a you know allegedly being a douche. Yeah, and I mean the rumor of him being in this movie this has been going on for a while so I mean who knows if that was just kind of like a if that was a you know first or second draft or if they're doing damage control now and since the allegations and all this stuff has come out who knows and yeah you're right it, it would behoove them to you know just focus on the flash and not have a cyborg in here even if he yeah. could help the story along I think it's more it's more it's more than that now it's more about you know what happened what's what's the fallout from all of this what's what's it going to be cuz you know again he said that he didn't want to work on any picture that hamada was in or hamada was attached to so right. like you know, what what's going to happen with this so hamada and, who is the ceo president of warner brothers uh pictures yes so um yeah i don't i don't know i i think i think there's just so much bad blood from everything that we've read and seen and and heard over the last year uh essentially i think there's so much bad blood that maybe they just retire cyborg kind of like grace is saying um Mm -hmm. of course you know she virtue signals there a little bit with like there's plenty of other interesting characters of color like 
let's not shoehorn people in. Let's just make a good Justice League. Like, bring in Hawkman. Yeah. And if you want Hawkman to be black, that's fine. Who cares? Right? Um, I think Aldous Hodge is going to play Hawkman in um, yeah, I was about the, to say, yeah, was, and the, the that Black the Adam case? movie, I think. So, like, you know, Hawkman's immortal, essentially. I mean, just have Aldous yeah. Hodge play the older version and the new version of him. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, it's things like that, right? It's like, you, Grace, shut up. <laughs> Sorry. And, you know, <laughs> it's like, let, let the storytellers tell good, tell good stories. Don't, don't tell them who or what they need to do or who or what yeah, they need and, to cast. Or better and, yet, like bring in an actual another powerhouse. Bring in Hawk Girl. Hawk Girl's a great character. Shara Shara Hall's a great character. Um, who who is, you know, been represented well on Legends of Tomorrow, on Justice League Unlimited, you know, um why not? <laughs> yeah. Well, the the best live action well well they actually yeah, you know, I'm thinking back. They did, they actually did do a pretty good job on Legends with the the Hawk family. But mm-hmm. I was going to say the best Hawks have been Hawk and Dove from you know Teen Titan from Titans. Yeah, but they're Titan. not they're not Justice League level heroes. I mean, no, they're, no, they're, they're, they're barely Titan level heroes. <laughs> yeah, that, I so. mean, just as far as characters go. But yeah, that's yeah. Just let the storytellers, which yeah, be honest. Mm-hmm. DC has been, had trouble telling cogent stories that are. You know, clear and aren't aren't a mess, right? So <laughs> it's kind of that double-edged sword. Yeah, let them tell the stories, Grace, even if they've had trouble in the past telling yep. stories. Yep. All right. So now, um, getting into the uh, kind of the mixture of the two, talking about DC and Star Wars, we've got Patty Jenkins in the news. Um, <laughs> so w- Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four <laughs> seems to be a universal bomb. Um. The only people I know who like it, I feel like they're lying to themselves. <laughs> and, you know, like one of them, she makes a living cosplaying as Wonder Woman, right? She gets invited to things from like local WBC or whatever, local CW TV shows to show up dressed as Wonder Woman. That's and, pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And, and she's great at it. And, you know, but she has a vested interest. Like, I love it. It's great. Um, You know, but it, this article... It, is talking about how she, Patty is saying more Warner's didn't trust her to make Wonder Woman um, and the conflicts that she had and, you know, how um, they told her to change things in 1984. And for some reason she was able to keep it, um, which it, it, it just baffles my mind. She didn't write any of the first Wonder Woman movie, right? She directed it and she did a great job, even though the last act was awful. Um, and that is obviously on no blame on her. She she tried to make chicken sh- chicken salad out of chicken shit, and it just didn't work. Um, right. But the first two thirds of the movie, when it's copying Captain America beat for beat, uh, were great. <laughs> but that again, someone else wrote that. She just made cool ass action scenes. Um, but yeah, th- this is it's really interesting how how she's she's talking about this, and she declares that she's a Wonder Woman fan. And that's not um, what we're looking for. Still, I could feel that shaky nervousness on their part of my point of view because she could tell they were nervous that it wasn't viable. Um, So we saw Patty Jenkins' full view of Wonder Woman, right? And um, uh, that Star Wars girl. No, and that Star Wars girl, Anna, made a great point. Um, Wonder Woman is a legit passenger in her own movie. (laughs) 
Yeah. Figuratively and literally. Um, <laughs> and, and so it's like, do you really? I mean, like, you got some really cool beats from the comic book, like that horrific scene of her lear- learning to float on the wind currents without wings or spider webbing in her armpits. Um, you know, shout out to Spidey there. But, uh, yeah, like, Wonder Woman 84 is a, is, is a mess. And it's like, well, no wonder they didn't trust you. Can I? And and we said this when we were talking about Wonder Woman. You know, we give WB a lot of flack, and rightfully so, because they've screwed the pooch quite often with their movies and their decision-making. But they were probably right in this case to not give her the total reins and – Again, one of the issues she brought up is the two introduction scenes mm-hmm. and how they said, you need to cut one or the other. Mm-hmm. And she fought for it, both of them, and she ended up you know, getting her way. And again, when we in the review, we talked about it, that that second opening that they have, it completely derails the tone that, you know, that flashback that the mascara gave us. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those things where as a writer you might love a scene that you wrote but you have to look at the bigger picture and say does it help what i'm doing i think stephen king said you know sometimes you have to like talking about writing you have to kill your babies right like you might love this you might absolutely be in love with this scene that you wrote but when you look at the big picture and you say as much as i love it the big picture becomes better if i pull it out Mm mm-hmm and if I cut it from whether it be a book or a script, and she didn't do it, and no. you know, I mean Tim Warner's, Kring, Warner's, Tim Kring learned that the hard way with Heroes. Yeah, he did. Yep. So. Yeah. So I mean, I'm looking at her IMDb right now. She does not have this like prolific career as a director, right? She's got 16 directing credits, um, a bunch of shorts, but. Monster. Monster is a legit great movie, but that's her first feature film. A lot of filmmakers come out of the gate really strong. Um, next, she did uh, an episode of Enter- uh, or, sorry, an episode of Arrested Development, which is great. Um, it was a great episode. It's the one where they build a house. Um, it's actually called The One Where They Build a House. It's, it's really, <laughs> really good. Um, she did two episodes of Entourage in 2006. Um, so, you know, she's got the bros in there. Um she did a TV movie called Five, and the segment was called Pearl. She did two episodes of The Killing, uh, one being the pilot. I hated The Killing. I um, never watched it. I hated it. Like I, I watched most of the first season, and I hated yeah. every minute, minute of it. it is your, one of your favorite actors? My my my, my my second <laughs> least favorite actor is in that. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> She did the pilot for the show Betrayal. I never saw that. She did another TV movie called Exposed. And then she did Wonder Woman. She did the epilogue to Edda's Edda's Mission. Um, I guess that's a a short that she did. Um, She did two episodes of I Am the Night. She did the pilot. Um, That was a Chris Pine TNT uh, show with with Khaleesi. I think Khaleesi was in it. And then now she's done 84. She's in pre-production for Cleopatra, and they've announced Star Wars Rogue Squadron and Wonder Woman 3. Here's my question to you about all of this. Is Star Wars does not have the greatest track record with directors right now. 
No, they don't. Do 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 you as Disney look at what's happening with with Wonder Woman and say maybe we don't do Patty? I know we announced it, but like maybe we kind of Edgar Wright this thing <laughs> and we kind of push it off, push it off, push it off until she quits. <laughs> that's that's a possibility because when she was directing Thor: The Dark World, there was a lot of like back and forth, and she left. You know, I mean, I th- I think it was amicable that like they're like we don't want to work together. I don't think Star Wars is going to be a good uh good fit for I'm, that either. I I honestly don't think so either. So I I I would kind of side with what you just said is push it off. And look, if she kind of writes the reins with Cleopatra uh, and maybe a Wonder Woman three, and you know, and this rogue store rogue, well, rogue squadron, squadron is, is set before wonder was set to come out before one oh, Woman three no. it, so. was it 2023 uh, rogue squadron so cleopatra's 2022 uh okay. rogue squadron is 2023 and then wonder woman three doesn't have a date but here's the thing okay. she wrote monster right mm-hmm. and then she's got the screenplay by and story by for wonder woman three and right now they have the writing credit for wonder woman th- or i'm sorry wonder woman 1984 Right now, they have the Wonder Woman three writing credit down for her, but then you know uh, that could probably change. But I mean, wow, <laughs> just wow. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Um, now her dad was a fighter pilot, so she knows about like pilots, maybe like you know. Um, but at at the same time, like if this is something that's set in or around Jedi, right? Uh, Return of the Jedi, not that other one with Jedi in the name. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know if we want her touching anything close to real canon. Yeah, I I, I don't think so, honestly, because again, we're going, let's go back to what you said, you know, the, the issue that Luke, the Star Wars universe has had with some of these directors in this you know, canon, you know, this world of canon, and it hasn't been, even Rogue Squadron, or Rogue Squadron, even Rogue One, which, you know, I enjoyed, they had severe behind-the-scenes issues. Mm-hmm. So, and and we know what happened with Solo as well. It lost money. Yeah. As as, Jer- <laughs> as Jeremy from Geeks and Gamers likes to say, Solo lost money, Raylos are weird. Yeah. <laughs> That makes me laugh every time. I don't know why. That is, like, and I didn't I mean, hate. I didn't hate Solo. I mean, yeah, I didn't either. It was. I, I thought it was decent. It it was. It I mean, was not great. Okay, for what it was. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. but no, I I just think like, um, you know, uh, is she a one hit wonder? With Monster, like, is Monster? Are we gonna look back and be like, Apex, like, steal from the the rewatchables, Apex <laughs> Mountain for Patty Jenkins? was monster. monster it won first movie. It, it won oscars it you know it did all this stuff um i don't know i i i really don't i really don't know yeah that, and and again like i said you know maybe wait till cleopatra's out but you know a lot of that you know they're going to probably go into pre-production oh you know, and, yeah to, i mean you know, star wars will have so, to be in pre-production while yeah cleopatra's so, happening so i don't, I don't know. know how yeah Oh, man, I can't things just be you know go off smooth without a hitch. Uh, you know, I I think it's it's just one of those things where um 
we can't have nice things. <laughs> we have Grogu. Do we? I mean, he he's kind of well, he's gone know. now. Do we I mean, have him like, anymore? Yeah, who yeah. knows when we'll see that adorable little green-eared freak again? Uh, look at you! You've you've, you've softened on him. I, my 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 heart has softened on Grogu and Boba Fett. What is the world come? <laughs> Dude, twenty twenty was the weirdest year. <laughs> I started... Brian likes Boba Fett now. No, 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 no. Well, let's not go that far. Um, I enjoyed Do you Boba Fett. Him? Uh, no, I don't know. He hasn't earned my respect yet. So, um, kill Dinjarn, and then we'll see. <laughs> Brian doesn't actively hate Boba Fett. Let's. Yeah, that that is that would That's, be yeah. the truth. So, all and right. Who knows? Twenty twenty. You might be um, Joel Kinnaman might become one of your decent actors that you like to see on screen. <laughs> All right, let's move on to um, something we actually do really like. <laughs> Cobra Kai season three. Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai. Yeah, yeah I it was. Every, uh, every time I start, every time I say the, that title, I follow it with the triple Cobra Kai. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Did you know? Oh, uh, um, never mind. Uh, so, okay. So we're going to just kind of hit highlights from each episode. We're just going to, we're going to go bop, bop, bop. We're each going to talk about a couple things and, and move on. Um, but that being said, uh, you, you have to respect a show that is written by the same three to four writers for the most part through the entire season. And the- something like th- that really shows right. as far as the continuity and just the smooth transitions between episodes. And that's one of the great things about, you know, you were talking about Star Wars, the Mandalorian, because Favreau wrote most of season. Well, didn't you say, I think he wrote most of the, he's written almost every episode. He there's, yeah. there's like four episodes. He hasn't written. So now, I'm not saying that has to be the case, but I think when you have the multiple, you know, a small, segment of writers doing something well, look like at this mr robot um mr robot i, I feel is a very niche show right it's niche like it's neat show yeah. it's a really neat show too i really enjoy it but uh sam ismay wrote and directed all of it every episode well another one vikings michael hirsch who's yeah, the creator, yeah, yeah, yeah he's written every single episode right. of this show of and that show. i still have to watch the last season of that so <laughs> I'm only three episodes in. Yeah, so. Maybe we'll talk about that next week with the expanse. It'll be an all Amazon Prime show. <laughs> the Amazon Prime show. Do 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 do. <laughs> I don't know what that was. All right, real That's quick. Is that Mario? No, I don't. Know, maybe let's 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 before we get to our highlights, let's kind of talk about like some winners and losers from this season. All right. I don't uh, want to save it till the end. I want to talk about it first. Yeah. Um. So we'll we'll start with the bad and finish with the good because we'll we'll finish with the good and then go into the high notes of the good. Um, so losers for season three of Cobra Kai, who you got? Sam. Well, what, what, are we talking about people we like? As no, 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 no. Who who we like? I think who like? I think if we don't like the character, like John Kreese, but like we still like the arc, right? Mm-hmm. That that's but like okay. So like Sam Larusso, we both agree on. Um, we don't like the character. We don't like the arc she's on. No, we don't necessarily care for Mary Mouser in the role either. But that's beside the point. We're talking 
characters, not necessarily actors. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, she like Sam would be number one on that list for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Aisha was a big loser because she wasn't even in the show. Um, yeah. You know, but like I was reading a lot about like, oh, she was the conscience of Cobra Kai. Was she? Not Did you really. not watch the first season when she gave Yas that no. front wedgie? Um, where she got like overly aggressive with people in that first All Valley tournament, she beat that, or when she lost to to Xander. Um, <laughs> yeah, she got pissed. She got mad. She like he, she refused to bow or shake his hand, and she just took off. Um, but no, I I think like not having Aisha was was like I missed Aisha all season long, especially at the end. Um, oh yeah, with the Katie bar oh. the door. Uh, I'm also going to say Amanda LaRusso was a loser. You know, what's funny. I had her too on there. I was, you know, thinking about it just because, well, it it was like, I think we have two different reasons for this. So you go first. Okay. Like I was going to say, I don't know if they knew how to truly kind of, cause she became like, kind of like the relationship with her and Daniel for me was like and it, it in part it had to, and it had nothing to really do with necessarily his trip to Japan, but like there was something missing from their relationship, where it seemed like for me it just they just came off more as partners in business. Yeah, and there was no they were missing that chemistry of a husband and wife for me. So every conversation they had was like the Lego movie with Lord Business, where it was like business, 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 right. business. Um, I felt she was a loser because her character got sidelined for the two women that Daniel really loves. Yeah. Kumiko and Allie. Yeah. And Kumiko more than Allie, I would think. Um, yeah. He didn't fight to the death for Allie. You know, there's not a Peter Cetera song proclaiming how much he loves Allie or Amanda, you know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but but no, like I, the whole time he was in Okinawa, I was like, he's totally going to cheat on Amanda. Yeah, I I wasn't sure if they were going to go that route just because of, you know, the type of show it is. But the signs were there for him to do that. I mean, yeah, his reactions. Yeah. When, I mean, when she, when she said, well, you know, nobody's ever fought to the death to me before. Like I thought he was going to like, you know, awkwardly sweep her up and take her to one of those, uh, the beds at the, the auntie's house. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I thought it was really weird. It was really, 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 really weird. So who, who else do you have? Uh, I have Daniel. I think uh, Daniel is the least self-aware character on a show of non-self-aware characters. I had him. At, he was, I think, I wasn't sure if I was going to put him on there, but that least self-aware part is spot on. You know, rewatching it today where he has he's having a conversation with Miguel, and he he's like saying, well, no, this really happened. Oh, yeah, and the water, you know, the water hose. Yeah was just there he never just backs steps back and mm. says you know what i could have done something different. yeah i i could have i could have not done that and because i rewatched karate kid 3 um <laughs> the the whole miyagi do karate 
Oh, excuse me. Oh. <laughs> anyway, um, just that, like that whole thing, and the way he was with Robbie, right? He 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 did not understand how he betrayed Robbie, um, and I think the situation that they were in when when they they when Robbie has his thing, um, he should have gone to Robbie on his own. Mm-hmm. And not brought the police with him. Um, oh, abs- I, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So that's all my losers. So I have one. And again, he he's. I actually have, in one sense, Robbie. Um, and it, it, it's kind of weird because the first half of the season, I think he was. Because, like, what was going on with him, I really. And again, I don't know if it had to do with the actor or the scenes, just didn't hit for me when he was in the um what was it in in jail in juvie but yeah but i actually liked how he where he ended up so it was kind of like that toss-up for me like i didn't like the first half of his scenes in this in the show but i did like where he ends up okay so i i guess i I, i'm kind of you know teeter-tottering on him i'll put him in that middle i don't have him as a winner or a loser but i'll I'll tell you what i like that kid cannot act Right. He, he just he can't act. He's not a good actor. Um, but I will say this. The non acting is the most authentic thing about Robbie because Robbie is <laughs> a horrible person. Ro- Robbie. Robbie has no sense of right or wrong because he was raised no. by a junkie and an absentee dad who only showed up when he was in trouble. Um, and then he was taken in by Daniel in a way and and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the best relationship because Daniel when he found out uh Tanner Buchanan that's the name of the guy that plays Robbie uh when Daniel found out like he was Johnny's son he kind of went overboard with the like haha I'm gonna steal your kid which was yeah creepy and kind of grooming and then and then the first time Robbie does something Daniel doesn't like he's like don't come back home yeah he, don't come back to me and he dumps him he, yeah so yeah, so we, we're kind of in the same route in so, the sense of we kind of have him in the middle. But where Robbie ends up at the end is is just it's like chef's kiss, like to the yeah. both of them because you know, and you know, Robbie can take a beating, but Robbie cannot do any like his uh his defense stats are high, but his his strength stats are low. Yeah, when he was fighting know, he, that uh, kid, actually, what? Yeah, I was gonna say he actually took taekwondo. Yeah. But like, but I'm well. I mean, but like, I'm just saying the way Robbie is written. Like when he was yeah. fighting the bully in prison. Like, oh yeah, he he did some sick ass moves. But like, you know, another Netflix hallway fight. Thank you, Netflix. Um, staying on brand. Uh, but he didn't. He he. I felt like he should have taken that kid out easy. Well. The thing that kid outweighed him by like sixty pounds too. Uh, yeah, but like Robbie, like. Robbie got him with some great shots, like with all of his body weight. I mean, you practice martial arts too. Like yeah. when, when, when you've got those like leverage moves and you've got, you've got that, you know, the, you know, it's coming all the way through the center of the earth up through your heel type of punch or yeah, kick that, that he was doing. Well, like th- there's just well, no power there. Yeah. Well, let's, let's also be honest too, that, you know, you get hit with a well, delivered kick you're going down right and you're going to stay down right i mean because the other two guys went down like nothing 
but yeah. anyway, I get it. it was for the story. All right, so winners. Um, first and foremost, the Karate Kid, Miguel Diaz, the true Karate Kid, the one true, the Kevin Conroy of Karate Kids. <laughs> so, the first thing we get with him, you know, we open up with him fighting in a tournament and we all kind of, kind of well for a second i was like they're not jumping all the way to the end of the season i thought they were back. showing us the end of the season and then they were in yeah. it, like they were showing like the beginnings of his like championship fight and then they were coming back to the to the hospital and so, that's like I, that's what i was like hoping but it turned out way better than i expected <laughs> so that was my first thought and i was like okay that's pretty cool but when you realize that it's him fighting to you know fighting basically for his life in a way i love that and that was again this is one of the things i loved about this show are how they edit in different you know their their editing i love it in the sense of like whether it be you know we'll, we'll get to this the finale where they're editing in the you know the brawl for all with what's going on with crease and yeah. vietnam oh to this and you know yeah. how they're playing or to miguel you know finally you know, in that in that brawl for all fight, coming back to what Johnny said to him when he was in his coma, all, the editing in this show and how they put stuff put scenes together like that, I love it. Yep, and that's what I loved about Miguel is him fighting for, you know, fighting to you know get out of this, and then waking up. Yep, and then you know his struggle over the next few months and learning how to have you know have the walk all yeah, over. Yeah, the 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 training montage that went over several <laughs> episodes was just fantastic um you know they they definitely showed like a large amount of time passed but at the same time like he had a surgery and then he was out the next day um that was a little weird but whatever i'm suspending disbelief um yeah. but no i mean mikel is my favorite character in the show um you know zolo is a fantastic young actor i've been i like i really liked him as victor on on parenthood um, but yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like he overall won during the season, but he didn't win the season as far as no. like story goes. Um, next I think Hawk Hawk had a great arc. Oh, oh, um, yeah. and I, I don't want to spoil too much of Hawk's arc for, you know, people who haven't seen it. Um, you know, and, and tied in with Hawk, I think based on some of the things that Hawk went through, he brought Dimitri up to another level that we haven't seen from that character. Mm -hmm. And um, you actually told me that too, because I, I, I when I watched the first <laughs> couple episodes, I'm like, dude, Dimitri gets on my nerves. Dude, like, Dim Dimitri. Like I yeah. I didn't dislike him. Like I dislike Sam, but I'm like, dude, it's so annoying. And you're like, just wait. Just wait. I'm like, okay. And then I, I, did appreciate him a little bit more, you know, the second half of the season. Well, well, okay. So two spoiler things for Dimitri. One, he gets his arm broken and two, he gets the girl. Yeah. And I thought that would be like the scene where they're making out in the hallway and, and Miguel and, and, you know, her, um, catch him was just, it was great. <laughs> did you yeah. ever watch, did you ever watch uh, Arrested Development? Yeah, I watched the first couple seasons. So George Michael's girlfriend Anne, who was played by the amazing Mae Whitman, and every time yes. he brought her around Jason Bateman, he'd be like her, and that's like that's the reaction I get whenever I see Mikel with uh with with uh, Sam. Um, I'm not gonna say what I yeah. called her, but um, uh, so I also think um I think Tori won a little bit of this season. 
um, because she became more of a fleshed out character and less of like a karate sex doll. Yeah, and, so. and that's and again, that's one of the things I love about this season is you get more background into some of these characters. And again, Tori's having a hard time. That doesn't excuse your actions when you have a hard time. Mm-hmm. But I have a, but you have to take that into account. And when one of the things that bugged me about Sam is when Miguel's when she, you know they're in the hospital and Miguel says, "Hey, Tori's had a hard life." Yeah, and then Sam's response, it's a Daniel response. Oh yeah, everybody has a hard time. Every, mm-hmm. Everybody has a sob story. Yeah. You have no clue what she's going through. No, especially now, because again, she's as uh, as spoiled as any kid in the show. Oh, absolutely. But and, and again. Yeah. Let, I don't mistake saying, you know, somebody has a hard time for, you know, absolve them of their actions. But again, for a second, put yourself in their shoes. Don't just say, hey, everybody has a sob story. You know, my dad is this, that, and the yeah. other. I mean, Sam, again, I'm not going to get on. I'm not going to go on a Sam tirade. Oh, but, I, yeah. I thought of another loser that I forgot. Uh, West Valley High School lost because karate <laughs> was banned. <laughs> and and the guidance counselor lost because she's a guidance counselor. Um, and you've made a lot of mistakes in your life if you went up as a guidance counselor. Oh, man. Uh, I don't Non-punishing um, rehabilitation detention. Right. I don't I don't know if you had guidance counselors at, at your school. Um, I did. We had guidance counselors at my school. And one, uh, she was the superintendent's wife, I believe. And that's how she had the job. And she couldn't say sentence. She said sentence, um, which like I was in a meeting with her and I corrected her every time she said it one time um, because I was so fed up with her <laughs> nonsense. Um, and then the other one, he was a really great guy, but he was a coach, um, which he was a much better coach than he was a guidance counselor. So um, anyway, yeah, guidance counselors are essentially worthless. worthless. Um, but. Yeah, I, I will say that um, I think Eli and Dimitri's stories really kind of intertwined well this season, um, bringing them back to the point where they ended. Um, and then my last winner is John Kreese. And John Kreese's arc this season was legitimately my, legitimately my favorite thing about the show. Which so, shocked me, shocked me to no end. Well, again, going back to what me, what I liked about this season, getting a three-dimensional character. You know, John Kreese has been the main villain, if you're going to talk about villains, the bad guy in the entire, in most of the series, not counting Chosen and, you know. Well, I mean, like, he was still a bad guy in Karate Kid 2 because he tried to choke the life out of Johnny after breaking his second place trophy. So getting that background of him, and one of the things you mentioned is how his story parallels a lot with what happened with uh, Mr. Miyagi Mm -hmm. in the sense of losing a loved one while you were at war. And, you know, be, being a war hero and, you know, going through the horrors of war. And how you handle that trauma. Yeah. And I think and there he, was... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was about to say, and he comes out a lot differently with similar trauma as Miyagi. And they're, they're you know, on polar opposite sides of how they come out of it. Well, 
I so there's a couple things, right? So Miyagi was in World War II. It was a much different war than Vietnam, historically speaking. True. Yes. And oh, he was in a highly decorated front and center unit of Japanese American fighters, right? Creese mm-hmm. was in the Vietnam conflict, uh, to be fair. And he had a sadistic um let's go kill as many as we can um, outside of the Geneva Convention type of warfare who essentially told him when the chips were all down that it was his fault and it was every man for himself. Yeah. Not the Um, leader you want. No, not the leader you want. Plus, you know, Miyagi came from a family and, and when his wife died, he was told of it while he was still you know, at war as we got that amazing scene in Karate Kid 1. Um, whereas Kreese didn't find out until they were over the snake pit. Yeah, it was used as a weapon against it was. him. Yes. The same way that the bully, who evidently is Martin Coe's real son. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Used his mother, um, Kreese's mother's yeah. suicide as, as a, a weapon. weapon against him. That was a great that was a great introduction to how to how our expectations were going to be subverted for this season. So I'm going to spoil yes. something because like I don't care. I just I may it was it was the it was amazing storytelling. So we meet Terry Silver and you we meet a character who you think is Terry Silver. Yeah. All the way up until the part where he eats a bullet. And then we find out that the much meeker friend um, twig is Terry silver. And I loved every second of it. And like I bought it, I bought in that, that, that ponytail was Terry silver. And it's like, wait, what you just, what? Um, I, I thought, I thought that was, I thought that was really, really, really cool. Yeah, this show has done, you know, throughout done such a good job subverting our expectations mm-hmm. or teasing us in a way. Like, for instance, the you see the surgeon come, you know, she's blonde and we know right. Holly's a doctor. This is Nick was going to do the surgery on Miguel. It would have been super cheesy if it would have been Allie. Right. But Absolutely. They know, but they know because of the friend request that Johnny sent in on Facebook, mm-hmm. we have Allie on the mind. So they have this blonde woman. And she turns around. It's not. It's not Allie. But we we don't get Allie for another five or six episodes. Uh, actually, we don't get Allie for another eight episodes because that no, was yeah, in, no, because uh, that, that second. was the first episode. So yeah, yeah. um, yeah, second. But yeah, no, that was great. Uh, Cooper agrees. Um, <laughs> you heard that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I think um the other winner is chosen. Um, oh man! As far as as like winners like that go, that was oh actually let me rephrase that. Honorable mention winners chosen is number one honorable mention. Um, we we get to see more of what transpired from Karate Kid two and how it affected him, and and how it changed his life. Yeah, and you know from he had probably the the one moment in this show or in this season that I probably laughed heartily at the most is when he gets this what i would call his revenge on daniel mm-hmm. oh dude it was so funny 
I love that. But like, yeah, I just love that. I, saw, I was like, he, they're going to do it. I was like, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. And then I just kind of yelled when he did it. Right. But, it was so great. Yeah. But I, yeah, to your point, you know, I loved how, you know, that conversation he has with Daniel where he's like, you know, you know, I, you know, dishonoring himself and I, mm-hmm. I just wanted to die. Yeah. And, you know, he, he was forced to build his way back up. Well, and, and, and the, and the, the, the Miyagi-Do connection to the two of them and yes. how much more knowledgeable Chosen was in Miyagi-Do because of Sato and because Chosen was a much more mature fighter um, at a younger age because Daniel's never been a great fighter, right? Daniel's no. been a loudmouth punk who, you know, normally gets what's coming to him. But... <laughs> Um, but chosen chosen was such a such an advanced fighter that the the defect of the lack of honor that he had um, that needed an ass kicking to to you know understand he was able to learn more about Miyagi Do. Plus he stayed in in Katana or Katana Okinawa and and continued to to refine his craft. Um, Ralph Macchio is a tourist. When it comes, Ralph Macho, yeah. Daniel, Daniel LaRusso, I'm sorry. Dan, <laughs> yeah, no, Daniel no. LaRusso is a tourist when it comes to Miyagi-Do Karate, or I'm sorry, Miyagi-Do Karate. <laughs> Douche. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, that's 100% Ralph Macho, by the way, doing that. Um, yeah, so that that that's just one of the things where it's like, oh, come on, dude. Like... You, you 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 are you are telling the guy who was raised in Miyagi-Do who was trained by Sato who trained with the Miyagi who they were trained by the same people and you're telling him that you know more about Miyagi-Do than he does how yeah, like that's lack the of lack self-awareness. of self-awareness yeah yeah i mean i mean if you think about it if you look at it Daniel is not the greatest person in the world at all like, it never has been. Like going back yeah, and watching no, Karate ended, no. Kid three, like he made a lot of his own problems. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And he blames everybody else for his problems. Yeah, he he never takes responsibility. The biggest thing, like he'll say, maybe I could have done this. That that's the farthest. Right. Instead of saying, you know what, you're right, I should have done this. Yeah. Or, this um, is on me. Yeah. The next honorable mention is Bobby, the preacher. No. I'm like, Bobby. Bobby, the priest. <laughs> but he's not yeah. a priest. Um, and mainly because of that spinning wheel kick that took um, uh, Johnny down when he was drunken in his church. Um, but no, Bobby had some great scenes this season. He was used just the right amount. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm glad they brought him back. Yeah, that was great. Um, and they gave uh, they gave Dutch like the proper like send-off because the guy that played Dutch died in real life. Um in the two years in between seasons and at the end of the first episode, they, they had the nice little in memoriam card for him. So that was great. All right. Let's talk about Allie. Yeah. So I want to know what you thought, because I, I, of course I have thoughts because Brian has thoughts. So the first thing is I thought it was super just, I don't know. I'm super staged at how they introduced her. I didn't like how they introduced her with her mom coming in. And I, I wasn't a fan of that. Uh, Allie in general, 
I thought she was okay. I really liked how she helped Johnny kind of, I think, fully break away from the past. And what I mean by that is he's been struggling with the whole Cobra Kai thing. And, you know, we've all known what's happened to him. And, you know, he finally, him and Carmen finally, you know, took another step. Yeah. They, they finally sealed the deal, but he's still, he's like, I don't know what to go from here. And then Allie, you know, he sees Allie comes into the picture in, you know, not just a Facebook friend. And he, and one of the things that they say, and this is one of my favorite lines, because you can use this in pretty much anything. And, you know, we talk about nostalgia and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And uh, what, what she, what she says or what they say to each other it is, oh, here it is. She says, sometimes it's good to visit the past to know where you are, mm-hmm. but you can't live in the past. And I think for her, her purpose was to move Johnny forward and to help him break all the ties of his past that his past, you know, not just his past of Cobra Kai, but his past insecurities as a person, you know, I mean, he had a terrible stepfather. Uh, that, you know, that's another thing, you know, we talk about with, you know, people, you know, how they're raised and all this stuff. And I did like that with her. Um, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a fan of Elizabeth Shue. Mm-hmm. It's very different seeing her in this versus seeing her in the boys. But right. I, I did like how they used her character as a way for Johnny to, you know, nostalgia is good, but you can't live on nostalgia. You, you know, you have to move forward or mm-hmm. else you're just going to be stuck in the same problems that you've had in the past. It, it won't allow you to move forward. So I, I liked how they used her in that regard. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I thought the it was incredibly cheesy the way they introduced her. Right. Um, I felt like she was a chaos agent. She was brought in to shake the two of them to yeah, their proverbial yep. core. Right. She mm-hmm. she got Johnny thinking about what's next instead of what happened, and she got Ralph, or, sorry Daniel, to look <laughs> at where did I come from and how did I get here, um, which opens us up to um, Eagle Do Karate, um, <laughs> and, and you know it was it was really really interesting. And here's the thing, is like. This is, again, why Amanda LaRusso is a bit of a, a, a loser for the season is because if Allie would have said to Daniel, hey, let's go in the bathroom and, and knock one out, he wouldn't have hesitated. And, and and again, it goes back to them just there's just not being that, you know, husband and wife connection. I just never felt that with yeah. them. And. I'm trying to like it's hard to say like I'm trying to think back on the first two seasons if I actually felt it more then but I like just going for this season you're you're right it's you know he was starry-eyed with both Kumiko and seeing Allie and mm-hmm. in the sense of you know like really wanting to get in their personal space let's yeah. put it that way like just based on you know how Ralph played the scenes yeah yeah so it, it's not one of it wasn't one of those where wow it's awesome to see you. It's been so long. It was more of him again, going back to this nostalgia. He was caught up and wrapped up in the nostalgia and forgetting that, you know, he has commitments in the present. Yep. Yes, absolutely. So, 
Uh, all right, so let's just kind of wrap this up with some highlights. Um, the brawl for all, as you put it, in the LaRusso house, I think was a great highlight of teen karate soap opera drama at its finest. <laughs> um, you had you had sides being changed. Um, you legitimately were concerned for Miguel uh, the entire yeah. time, um, which was bringing, Ky- bringing Kyler back. The uh, the Asian kid from season one who called him Rhea um, when he dumped the food on his head, uh, who Miguel kicked his ass in the in the school cafeteria was was great. And and Kyler had an interesting little arc because he was back to being a prick. And, um, you know, Crease did a kind of thinning of the herd of uh, strength by uh, strength by subtraction with Cobra Kai and um, Kyler easily beat ass face or uh, penis breath, whichever one you want to call him. <laughs> uh, but then when, when the big dude and, and Hawk came in, oh, so man. this was an amazing little transformation that, that Jacob Bertrand nailed perfectly. He went back to being Eli for like a solid 30 minutes of that episode, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, a solid 15 minutes of that 30 minute episode. Um, and then when the the big dude who had picked on him like got in the ring, he's like, "Who's next? Who's next?" He stepped up. Hawk stepped up, and um, those guys were like, "Ah, this dude! Oh, you're! You, oh, I thought you transferred. You know, the hair really takes it away from the lip." Which Johnny told him what happened. Um, and they think he's a joke, and then he takes the gi off, and he's got that giant hawk, and and to the sound department, thank you for doing the hawk like thing um whenever that hawk comes out and whenever hawk goes to do something cool uh yeah I, like that that's a solid but then he turns around he's got the reaper on his chest and kyler like is like wait a second what is happening and big boy's like concerned but still super cocky and then he goes um he goes full narrator from fight club on big boy <laughs> where he just wanted to destroy something beautiful yeah and the guy's like please stop and yeah he's, like, no, he's we're, begging we're him stopping. to stop and he continues to to beat the shit out of it and then he spit on him which is like i'm like wow that was a dick move like um you know bret hart that was kind of his go-to like spitting on people and i hate that i think i think that's just kind of a not a cool thing to do um but yeah i i just i don't know like this was this was a great season i i don't know if it was as good as season two um but I, I certainly did like it. Uh, real quick, the when 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 this when Cobra Kai hit Netflix in August, um, it became the most watched series on the platform for a long time, um, and it was you know it, it's been watched by you know tens of millions of, of households, um, and has drawn nearly two billion streams in the United States. Uh, two bill two point two billion streaming minutes in the United States. So you can divide that by. 27 minutes i will say um this is the anti-woke show like it's got a ton of diversity but it's anti-woke um but that is not stopping the people from the los angeles times for uh complaining that there are three white males in the lead (laughs) exactly three uh johnny daniel increase ralph macchio is not white i know I, you and I know this, but, you know. Anyway, oh, real one last thing. Uh, we find out where the name Cobra Kai came from. Uh, that's one thing that, that happened. 
and watching the prisoner of war stuff is great as well. Sorry. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah. but anyway, I give this, oh, I'm going to say three and a half. Uh, I'm going to say four out of five, uh, crane, kick, illegal. Screens. I was going to say four uh, out of five illegal crane kicks to the face. <laughs> yeah. I, I give it a four out of five. I, there are some things I I will say. The one thing I definitely liked better in season two was that last the finale. Mm-hmm. I, I, I season two's finale was just the hallway fight, and then mm-hmm. the, what we're left that the questions we're left with. Um, this one I still love the season as a whole. Yeah, uh, love love Johnny's arc, love Miguel's arc, and and Hawk. So there's no individual episode that really stands out in this season. No. It's just a no, lot of like high spots. So anyway, all right, let's uh let's let's take a bow and, and step off the mat. <laughs> <laughs> um the expanse <laughs> just continues to be amazing. <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those shows where I'm it's one of these shows now that sometimes I'm so I'm expecting so much from it. It's not until the second viewing that I really appreciate what's going on. Mm-hmm. And this was one of those episodes that was like that. First time I watched it, it's it's like watching one of those movies where you're you're anticipating it and it's so much going on. You're like, okay, that was fine. And then you watch it again and you're like, damn, that was good. Yes, one hundred percent. It was. It's one of those shows where, you know, it, it, it's it's got it's so well written, it's so well acted, and it's so well produced. Um to the point where like I had a friend on Facebook who was talking about um the warp bubble in Star Trek and uh wondering why they don't just go warp nine everywhere they go. And someone said, Well they'll run out of fuel and it's too hard on the ship. And I said, yeah, it's too hard on the ship. What they should do is just do one blast for like 30 seconds at warp nine. And then in the frictionless vacuum of space glide. <laughs> it, you know, expand style. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and they're like, and then someone came in and they're like, well, the warp bubble is so they can travel at above light speed. They're, they're not actually moving. They're folding space. That's not how, that's not how warp speed works in that's Star Trek. Dude. I'm sorry. Um, no. but, no, and they don't actually travel. They're they're sublight. <laughs> anyway, um, I will say, uh, seeing the Rossi leave Tycho Station, it is it is our thumbnail for a reason. I love that ship. Um, I told you we're getting we're we're getting that we we I bought a three D printer, and um, I found a ton of different like Rossi models to print. Hey, I'm. Let me know how that goes because I am I've been thinking about that and then you said you're getting one and well when we, it'll be here in like February so when you when we get it you can come up and we'll play with it <laughs> oh cool um, dude I'm I'm down for that yeah <laughs> uh, I found like uh, so I found like Green Lantern rings to print I found a, a Legion flight ring uh, some I, I found a, a really cool like astronaut but it's um it's got a stormtrooper head on it <laughs> you know I'm gonna I'm and gonna print up a storm. Haley and I are gonna start printing like superhero logos and, and sell them as magnets. 
um, sort of thing. That's really cool. So yeah, uh, I'll say this. Um, I really enjoyed this episode. I wish more would have happened. Yeah, it's so. It was one of those where it's like where you know you're putting the pieces. You're mo- just moving the pieces around so you can prepare for what's coming. Yes, that's that's what this episode was, and you know we didn't get a lot of. Uh, so we got you know the fir- the people that we didn't get a lot of was Avarzarala, Amos, and Bobby, and Holton and the Rossi. Last Those were the episode. ones. W- this yeah. episode. Wait, which this episode? episode. This episode. This episode. Well, we got Avasarala at the beginning, kind of setting yeah. up what's happening with the Earth government, um, and she's getting some power back, which is always a good thing. Yeah. We got and, a lot of in, we got a lot of Amos. Oh, you meant Alex. Alex, sorry. I'm sorry, Alex and Bobby. Yeah, yeah, but okay. So here's the thing. I feel like the Avasarala stuff we got was perfect. It was it oh, was absolutely. setting her up. The Bobby and and um, Alex stuff that we got was amazing. And any more yeah. of that would have ruined how awesome that was. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what I'm like. It, I, I don't have a problem with it. It's just saying like just we just didn't get a lot of them and. I like how this show does that. It pay it it focuses on what needs to be focused on for the story. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it was more so about what's going on in the belt with Drummer mm-hmm. and you know Marco, and also you know with Alex or Alex with Amos and Clarissa slash Peaches on Peaches. Earth. Yeah, those were the two main storylines. Well. This episode. So when I say nothing happened, right? There was no big like exciting things, right? But, but we a lot got happened. we we there were there was a lot. That, it pushed the story forward. We got yes. the we we saw the first cracks in the in the oh, what's the word the charisma that is Marco Anaris. Um, when they he told Sin to space Naomi and he said no, and then he uh. He said, do you think I'm old enough now where you can take me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was I, great. I love that scene. Well, first of all, because of the look on Marco's face. But then you were talking about the cracks. Did you see the look on the crew's face? Someone standing up to him. Right. Like even, even you know, Bloodthirsty Carol was like, whoa, what's going on here? Well, and she was like, hey, if you want someone to space Naomi Nagata, I'm your I'm your gal. You just come to me next time. I won't even hesitate. So Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's why he asked Sin. He was, you know, um well he asked Philip first and then Philip was like, um but, um I don't I don't I don't want to do that, Dad. <laughs> yeah. And and once again what what does Marco do? He puts Philip down for having a heart. My son with a heart. (laughs) I love love Keon Alexander. Keon Alexander is so great. Like, you know, he could be Thrawn. Yes. See, he's one of, yeah, the the way, you know, that just. I mean, it's essentially the same character, but he could totally be Thrawn. Um, But yeah, I, I thought, I thought everything that happened on the Pella, I thoroughly enjoyed um especially when when Kamina and friends <laughs> um <laughs> uh show or uh, associates is that was that what he said uh drummer yeah. and associates um yeah. showed up uh, on the Pella and and got an offer that they couldn't refuse um i which, thought that was interesting that's a little different which, than the book 
Yeah, which I don't know the Belters, like one of the crew's name, but I, whoever that guy was, I loved his, you know, his speech where he's like, we're acting like this is a choice. It's not a choice. Like, we have to join. Right. Right. It's, and, it's join or die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It, like, even though Marco said, you can go in peace, there's never going to be peace. Mm-hmm. Like, even if Marco didn't decide to, you know, vape, vaporize them, there's ne- they're never going to have peace if, unless they join up because right. – you know the inners earth and mars mm-hmm. there's no way they're going to listen oh you're belter so you're responsible for this mm-hmm. and you know that's going to be the first reaction and yeah. i mean obviously unless it's holden or somebody like that which there aren't right. you know now that fred's gone there's not many inners that are going to give them the bit give belters the benefit of the doubt no sir so but i just love that scene where he's like you know yeah this he's done more like and he didn't he didn't necessarily approve of it but he said you know, he did what, you know, Anderson Dawes and Fred Johnson couldn't do, mm-hmm. and that's unite the belt. Doesn't matter. Doesn't mean that he did it the right way, but he's saying because again, there's going to be a lot of belters that are going to hate what he did, and granted, a lot that won't mind it either. But the people that hate what he did, they're going to see that we don't have a choice. Right. He united the like, seven. Yeah. <laughs> every time. Yeah. Every, I keep, I <laughs> think of that every time I hear that. Like. Um whatever reason but yeah i just i do there were just small scenes like that where i I just loved it and i I was surprised how well drummer kept it together because considering her uh her her temper or tan or whatever like carol Uh, like carol said yeah your temper proceeds yeah your temper proceeds you that's what's trying to get out but words are hard hey i made it an hour and 13 minutes before words became hard today that's an all-time record uh, I also like the little scene between Monica and Bull. I thought that was great. Um, and when when she was like, well, I was one of the first people to go through the ring gate. And he's like, well, have you ever been on a military ship at high G's? And she says, I yeah. have on this ship. And, and it was ship. like, boom, way to end it. Um, and that and was Holden's great. face was yeah. like, you know, he had that little like small smirk like okay there was respect he was like he was like respect you know he hit it he did the he did the you know fist fist to the chest bump twice like respect yeah um (laughs) all right everything every single thing with amos and clarissa in this episode was fantastic there there was nothing there was nothing that happened that did not have you at least on the edge of your seat um wondering what was going to happen like when they found the dude um who offered them the drink by the fire um you didn't know if he was going to turn on them if they were going to turn on him what was what was happening there um you know he was just essentially a guide point like um you know it was a he was an npc in a video game who was telling you which which road to take yeah and that led into one of you know one of my favorite you know, lines and they actually had it on i think instagram where they were like from the page to the book mm-hmm. and where they play the scene and then they you know on the side they show the dialogue how it, how it was in the book and it was very close to the book when he's talking about the civilization you know mm-hmm. civilization what keeps you civil you know uh, take away one you can't depend on the other so it's really funny that this was the episode this week. Um, yes, you know, absolutely it was. Because like tribes, right? He talks about tribes. Amos talks about tribes and how the smaller the tribe is, the more tight-knit the tribe is. The mm-hmm. larger the tribe gets, the more violent the tribe is. Yes. Um, and, and I found that, 
uh, and yeah, we watched this on Tuesday, so we watched it before, uh, you know, the churn, uh, in the real world, but, uh, you know, we, you know, it was, it was, it, it was very, very true. Um, yeah. Uh, to what that like was these, very apropos <laughs> of what's gone on this week. I like and that word apropos. Ap- <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one of my words. I, one of my go-to words. My, my word but, is blasphemy. <laughs> that's my favorite word. It's been my favorite word since I was six years old. So <laughs> I could see a six year old Brian just say, this is blasphemy. Well, blasphemy. It was uh, the second or third time I'd gotten kicked out of Sunday school for asking too many questions. So you laugh, you know, I mean, I'm laughing because I can 100 percent see this. Like, absolutely. They took me out, found my parents and made me sit with them in church. And I remember her whispering to my mom in a very angry voice. He can't come back until next week. And then after the third time, he can't come back. He asked too many questions. Not He's making the kids think. <laughs> <laughs> He's making the kids think. That so. is hilarious. Oh God. Yeah. Anyway, it was like, yeah. <laughs> I've always been this way. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and that's yeah, that's why I laugh because I'm like, I can absolutely see a six year old Brian doing that. I'm I'm hundred percent sorry for being this way. I just can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> um No, but I mean it was it was the scene where um it was so oh man this this the 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 compound scene was so taken from the book so amazingly as far as pen to paper to screen um it it just it was everything i wanted that scene to be yeah um from um, the frozen gun um to of the guy's quote unquote son um to the guy and like why don't i just kill you and go take what i want to peaches you know going full hulk <laughs> for hulking out uh and uh yeah and, and the surprise on amos's face right like you don't see a lot of surprise but the the like you were saying with the conversation there at the end between the the, the very end that led to the you know fade to ring gate um was when, when when he she asked him like why did you come here we didn't have to do this we didn't have to come here we didn't have to kill that guy and and he he says Hold, holden would have never let me do that or no he didn't so, say let me Hold, holden wouldn't have liked me doing that or whatever yeah and and it was his realization and this is one of those things about amos you know i amos is my favorite character but and and i you know some of the reactors i listened to they're like he's just you know because how he's caring for you know peaches like he's a good dude it's like amos is not a good dude yeah whoever said amos he was a good dude have they watched just because, this show okay just because you like a character does not mean they're good and that's that's actually the point what clarissa was making in the sense of because she was like did you like do you regret it of you know you know yeah the guy was a creep but what if he wasn't when we still killed him and he was like you we needed supplies yeah. and he was like <laughs> we did this but then she was like, you know, this what we did, you know, this is not some something a good person does. And then she goes a step further. It's not even something a bad person who's trying to be good would do. Right. And and that's where it hits Amos, where it's like, I, yeah, hold, I need to get back to my crew because he mm-hmm. understands when you know he's talking about tribes and stuff. Holden and the crew of the Rossi is Amos's north star. If he's doesn't, if he's not connected with them, he knows where he can go. 
and even if he doesn't fully capture, you know, right. how to get to the point of where he wants to be, he knows that he he doesn't want to be the monster. You know, it's kind of funny because Clarissa was talking about monsters, and one of the things she said is, you know, I can't be a monster because monsters aren't afraid. And Amos is remember Amos. You know, he told Alex, he I haven't been afraid since I was five years old. Yeah. So I, I just love that combination of slowly dawning on him mm -hmm. i need my crew i need my people i i need holden i need naomi i need alex well, to and, make sure i stay on that path and i thought it was really important that he said holden right yeah yeah because absolutely it like let's flash back to um the donager blows up they're on the little shuttle they're running out of air and Amos says, what's to stop me from ripping your head off and throwing you in, or helmet off and throwing you into space? Yeah. I can't and think of a good reason not to. I can't think of a good reason not to, but I can't think of a good reason to do it either. And that Naomi wouldn't like it. Yeah. And, and, and now it's like, like he, first thing. he will follow Holden. And as we'll see, he will follow Holden to literally the gate of hell. Um, oh, later in this yeah. story, which we're probably not going to get to see that for like 10 years on screen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Holden is like you said, the crew in, in Naomi, I think Holden is his I North think you're star right. now no, I, because yeah. he's looked at the decision that Holden makes and understands Holden always tries to do the right thing. He doesn't always succeed yeah. at doing the right thing, but we also kind of heard, um, when, when, when Johnny was, uh, you know, at his lowest with Karate Kid, um, doing the right thing, you do it for the sake of doing the right thing, not because yes. it's always going to work out. Yeah, and Amos isn't there right now. That's where he no, was. Not. That's where he's been for the last season and a half, like season and a half leading up to season five. That's why he was, you know, so compelling on Illis, and that's why he he cared so much about those people on Illis. But you put this Amos in there, he becomes a warlord. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I love and, this show. This show's so and, good. And I, and like, I like so how good. you said, yeah, I love how you said how it faded to Ringgate. And <laughs> well, it was, yeah. It's it, that was one of the one of the most muted cliffhangers mm -hmm. in a way because, like, usually it's like, oh man, something crazy's happened. Like you know, Alex and Bobby are floating in space now, or something like that. Yeah. But this one is a character realizing how much they need another character mm -hmm. lest yep. they become a monster. Right. Like, it's so. just great, right? Just great. Yes. I think, I think that is, that is the way to describe. I mean, this is, this is another like four out of five Rossies, right? As oh, far absolutely. as episodes go. Yes. Um, you know, I, I've actually been uh, just kind of for notes and stuff, looking at a uh, ready, set, cut uh, is the website. Um, they do a really great write up. Um, I should probably link it out in the um, in the show notes uh, if I remember to do it because I've oh, got it. I've got them out. done. But yeah, I I just kind of like they break it down like what's happening and you know it's just easy. It helps me kind of like talk about it as we're going through this. I kind of use it as a guide. Um, and not even like you know they're they're not putting like um a lot of uh, commentary in there. They're just saying what happened. So. But guys, I love your site. Uh, I've actually checked out a bunch of the other stuff, not just the expanse stuff. But they break it down by Netflix, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, movies, oh, TV yeah. shows. So, uh, so yeah. 
I just took took a note on that. I'm going to check them out. Cool. Uh, you know, I don't have anything else to say about this episode. What I want to see next week is I want them to get to Baltimore, but I don't want them to stay in Baltimore for very long. I would really yeah. like them to gather Eric and get to Luna. Yeah. And so. I, and it I didn't this is one of those another reason why you rewatch episodes is because when Marco after he gets annoyed listening to Philip and Naomi, you know, actually bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he brings up the, you know, display and it looks like he's trying to plot an intercept course for the Rossi mm-hmm. chasing the Zamea, I yep. think that's called. Yep. So I, I'm I'm sh- I'm wondering if we're gonna get some some space battle action with them or yeah I don't know I'm still wondering how you know Naomi's gonna get out of here get out of this and you know how you know how close to the book is gonna be versus you know, I really want to see that like scene from the book but I understand like special effects wise that's gonna be really hard to do yeah so it's, I I'll just say and, this I trust them and for, maybe you know, to, maybe what would be cooler is you see her jump out and then the screaming hot firehawk is the next thing you see is the screaming firehawk like gathering her up yeah it's so you don't have to see any of the like horror show that goes along with being in in space and in without a in a vacuum without a pressure suit pressurized suit right so anyway uh yeah, that that's that's what I have for this week. Yeah. Um, all I all I all I need to add is is it Tuesday yet? <laughs> no, I wish. Um, I, I will say before we close out, I started reading Ready Player Two. Um, this week, and I feel like uh, Ready Player One is like kind of like we we're talking about Pat, Patty Jenkins. I feel like Ready Player One is the exception for Ernest Klein. As I'm reading through this, I'm gonna read the whole book because I started it. Um, yeah, because Armada was honestly. If he would have just changed the kid's name to um, Alex Rogan Jr. and called it The Last Starfighter Two, it would have been much <laughs> more interesting. I, I'm not kidding. It's like um, the what is it? What was it? The um, the one with Colin Farrell that was the remake, a uh, Total Recall. If Total yeah. Recall would have been called something else, that would have been a really good movie. Um, but yeah. we had a different expectation for it. If Ang Lee's Hulk would have been called Weird Green Monster, it would have been a really good movie, right? It just wasn't a Hulk movie. Um, right. You know, but, like, so there, there's there been some, like, controversy around, you know, um, woke issues, if you will. And, you know, you guys took it all out of context. He's talking about, like, it's, I, I told you on the phone, it was the scene where, or the line of dialogue, di- line of writing where he's talking about like experiencing different kinds of sex and he says like man on man man on woman woman on woman blah 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 and then it says non-binary and then he says i'm not ready for that and all these people said oh he's not ready for non-binary sex no he's not ready for any of the virtual reality sex that was the thing that was the whole thing about it um you know and and you know Ernest. Klein has has thrown some things in there that are just really stupid. Um and you know, he's supposed to be this arbiter of nerddom. And correct me, Magnum PI wore a tiger's hat, right? I believe so. Let's check it out. I looked it up. It was a tiger's hat. Okay. <laughs> just, yeah, that's what I'm like, anyway. I think it was. Well he and, and like sure I know I'm yeah. nitpicking here, but he's like, Yeah, man, he I want to put on my Magnum PI, I want to put on my uh Hawaiian shirt and my lion's hat. 
dude, you're from Ohio. Here's the, the here's the thing that bothers me the most about the book is Middletown, Ohio is this idealized place with like an arcade and a pizza place that everybody wanted to go to. Hey, Ernie, where are the meth heads? <laughs> That's my review of the book. Where are the meth heads in Middletown, dude? Where are they? Because I tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to go to Middletown, Ohio. Oh, words are hard. I'm not going to go to Middletown, Ohio. I'm not going to park my car and leave it out of my sight for more than five minutes. I guess the future has changed it. Maybe. It's not the future. He's talking about like the 80s through the 90s. Anyway. Oh, anyway. Oh, yeah. Ooh. So, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah. All right. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Have a great day, Nettie. Good weekend, wherever a, it is. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, hope you have a great weekend and watch. Well, I hope you had a great Cobra weekend. Con. Um, and let's look forward to Alabama kicking the crap out of Ohio State. Yeah, buddy. So, anyhow. All right. So, cool. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Later. Take it easy. The Infest Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati, with new episodes out every Sunday. You can find more information about the show online at infamouspodcast.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Infamous Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcasting app. If you're enjoying the show, consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcast, or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash infamouspodcast for our new tiers and rewards. The Infos Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Brian Tudor, with music provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. You can find me on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Brian Tudor. So whenever you're listening to the show, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is. And we'll see you next time. Later. <laughs>